it's that time of year when you see a lot of businesses trying to close out the financial year, bringing it up to the end of March, and those people that are preparing to give the next fiscal period a really good boost. Uh, at the moment, I've got four clients that are converging together to become very, very active in their respective marketplaces. Using Some, some of them are using the same media channels. Most of them are using a, a mixed media approach. Some of them are dipping into um, more traditional broadcast media. Others are going full-on digital. Some are doing outbound tele telephone campaigns. There's a lot of activity going on. And it's really, really nice to see the engagement of sales teams and marketing teams working together for that, that common goal. I've often, um, well, I've, I've mainly been an advocate of sales teams and marketing teams working together. There are some uh, cases where that's just not appropriate or practical, um, but the idea that any messaging or any brand positioning should at first be communicated through your, your sales team and your business development units is fairly obvious at this stage. One of the things that I've noticed in this last two weeks is the an unreal amount of data being used by marketing teams to determine activity and direction of travel and that's 100% appropriate in nearly 100% of the cases but it's important to bear in mind the importance of the human element to all of this and where does that sit uh, is there a conflict between following the data or following the human side of things? And when I say human side of things, I'm talking about the fundamental four P's in marketing that may now have become 20 P's, but one of the most prominent and the first up is the people. People processes and physical evidence and promotion and then on to productivity and whatever else goes on after that. People are very much front and center and all the hard work that we're doing behind the scenes to create a plan that's pointed in the right direction with the right kind of frequency, the right tonality, um, the right creativity is normally underpinned by a data set or multiple data sets that tell us this is where we should be going. And that sometimes can dehumanize um, the entire project that can make it feel very sterile uh, from a, an engagement perspective, but what that looks like from the customer's perspective is yet to be determined. If you consider the importance of people in, in any campaign, you know, starting starting with the people that are going to be following up, salespeople and the marketing people, but also think about your customers, the importance of understanding the buyer's journey, understanding the different clusters, segments or personas that you're trying to target and how you need to um, change the message either slightly or dramatically for each of those different segments and you know while data is used to to drive the direction we still need to humanize things we still need to be able to uh, communicate and converse either face to face one to one or through whatever channel that works for me it's always been a case of um, get people out of the digital arena and get speaking to them face to face um, whether that's on teams initially, but at least try and get talking to people and um, start discovering what the real problems are, what their anxieties are, what the challenges are you face as a salesperson, where you sit in the pecking order and the non-verbal communication. 
etc etc and a lot of people tend to just want to keep the communication going digitally by email back and forward and have lost the art of speaking on the telephone have lost the art of communicating one-to-one and whether and i'm not saying it's a generational thing i'm just saying that um we all we all use mobile phones we all have at least you know one phone whether it's a work or a private phone it's a mobile phone usually most people tend to make telephone calls from their mobile phone in the working environment. And I think some people find it a lot easier to send text messages or to send emails to people. And I think that you're putting a lot of trust in a medium um, or media that are becoming less and less potent. And it probably goes back to the point of the blue ocean, red ocean strategy where Digital proliferation uh, means that there's an opportunity for really well-crafted, succinct and professional outbound telephone calls, which isn't for everybody. But for those people that are good at it, it kind of works really well. And if you take it down to uh, an an inter-team, so a marketing team and a sales team working together or any employees that you will have within your organization, you know, is it more beneficial for you to fire an email? Certainly, if the only thing you're looking to do is to save time, then yeah, fire emails out all day long or put them on the company. Uh, is, the, is, a, is an intranet still a thing? You know, or, or through the app or through the newsletter, whatever it is, that's great. It saves you money and it saves you a bit of time, but you're not communicating with your staff to save time, right? You're, you're communicating with your staff to get important messages across. You're communicating with your customers to be understood and to be heard. And so when you're looking at determining which channels to use. Every channel is up for discussion. Ideally, face-to-face. Ideally, you want your salespeople to be able to to arrange meetings, to get out into the market and to talk to people face-to-face to get a better understanding of what's going on. Because emails, the, the best crafted email in the world could only be seven, 10 lines, five lines or whatever, and the person that you send it to can reply with one line and the conversation stops dead in its tracks. You have no idea where you sit, um, where, you know how, you, how they feel about it, how, you, how they feel about you, where they are in terms of the sales cycle. And for a lot of people, it's really an easy thing to hide behind. Like how many times are you in a, in a sales catch-up or a huddle or, or a sales meeting, and you're speaking to a sales rep or a sales exec, and you're saying, well, have you spoken to customer X? No, no yeah, yeah, I, I sent them an email uh, last week. So what's happening? Well, he hasn't come back to me yet. And then the cry from the back of the room says, well, these people don't answer phone calls anymore. You know, these people are really busy. They don't answer phone calls. And you just know that that's not true because they're using and citing real-time and relevant examples that they have found in the last week or two weeks that, yeah, a couple of people have been really hard to get. But the bottom line is that they haven't rang every one of their prospects and tried to get in touch with them or they haven't rang at the right time or they haven't tried um, going against the flow of traffic, so like making phone calls at quarter past eight in the morning or quarter past six, and the idea is that I I wouldn't ring them at that time because that's really intrusive. Well, it's not really intrusive if you're speaking to a decision maker. The decision maker is most likely going to be in a a working frame of mind from eight o'clock in the morning to 7.59 the next morning. And so you're not being intrusive if you've got their telephone number and their telephone number is advertised that they're open for business and you're in business in a similar line of business to them, there's absolutely nothing inappropriate about you ringing people 
uh, to try and engage with them. What is wrong is trying to send emails to the same people over and over again and been hugely disappointed that they don't reply. Check out your own, your own uh, behaviours when it comes to emails. How much junk is sitting in your inbox right now? How many emails have you attended to? I remember when I was uh, working for one particular client as an interim marketing head and I set up a marketing at email address and I was getting maybe 50 or 60, 70 emails a day with people genuinely trying to sell me the best thing in that sector, time saving, labor saving, cost saving, you name it, the stuff that was coming at me left, right and center. And I wouldn't respond to emails and eventually the people that would call would call and would speak to me because I would always pick up the phone. But what I would say to them is if it's a media, if you're looking at me to buy something um, from a media perspective or if it's marketing related, call me back at 5.30 and I'd be happy to talk to you then. And some of these people were, um, were so honest with me. They said, look, well, I, I don't work beyond five o'clock. And I was saying, well, I, like, I, can't, I can't do anything about that. I was genuinely opening up the space in the diary for them to speak to me after half five. I'd normally been there until about half six, quarter to seven anyway. I was coming in Saturday morning sometimes. So there's nothing wrong with trying your luck, but there's nothing lucky about sending emails to people um, and being disappointed. Don't be disappointed with the lack of response. You know, no matter how good you are at English and no matter how good you think you are at sending emails, it doesn't really matter if the email isn't open. The first four lines could be the most magnetic piece of content written in history, but they're lying there in an unopened email. And some of the clients that I work with, we would encourage them to send handwritten letters, you know, and private and confidential on the front directly to somebody and they open it up and it's in their hand and they look at it and they read the first bit. That means the that letter is opened. The email's not opened, the letter is opened. It's how well you you how confident you are in trying to be different and thinking differently about what it is, data's not going to help you with that. Data can tell you through MailChimp and through some of the other um, software uh, opening ratios and click-throughs. So, so typical email campaign maybe has a 5-10% open rate and a 2 or 3% click-through. So for every 100,000 or 100 or 1,000 people that you send that to, you can work out very quickly how many deaf ears or deaf eyes that that's falling on. So you make 50 phone calls or you get somebody as an SDR to make 50 phone calls. 50 phone calls, you know, how many people are not going to pick up? How many go to voicemail? You know, then there's a discussion, should you leave a voicemail or shouldn't you leave a voicemail? And the bottom line is that you are most likely to have human engagement at a higher percentage than any other form of communication. After that, it's all down to how you want to speak to those people. That is not helping again. You can crunch all the numbers you want about giving somebody a thousand names to call and they call 50 of them and they speak to five people. But the bottom line and what's most important is how they engage with the other person on the phone. Data doesn't help that. And I know that this uh, might sound like an anti-data thing. It's, it's actually not anti-data. It's more promoting human-to-human contact, person-to-person, one-to-one, and, you know, I'm not jumping on the people buy from people thing. I, I don't think that's true. I think people will buy from people. People will buy from those people who are able to t- articulate the value that they have and how they can solve a problem. People just don't buy randomly from people. That's not true. You have to be able to articulate that you can solve a problem. And if you've got a really good marketing team working in collaboration with a sales team, you can create the best marketing materials in the world. 
Um, when it's a high ticket item and they're a very busy client and they've got very loyal suppliers, just sending emails and sending case studies and data and referring them to your website isn't going to work. You need to make some kind of human contact. Enjoy your weekend. See you next week.